0: Welcome. My name is George Mann, and I'm the writer of Newbreed Hobbs, Witchwood, and Star Wars The High Republic. This is Kevin Shinnick, writer of Star Wars Force Collector. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays with the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. To Star Wars Comics and Canon, the Force is strong with this one. hello there and welcome to star wars comics in canon your guide to the wider star wars canon through the comic book lens and to take you on this journey i'm your host mike burton and so brings episode 136 so my friends, we are continuing on with the High Republic Phase 2, We're only a few episodes away from being completely finished with Phase 2, and with this we are finishing off the High Republic Adventures comics, written by Daniel Jose Older and released by Dark Horse. So in case you haven't tuned in before, I'm going to give you the details of these comics and then go through the plot specifically of each of them in chronological order. And then along the way, I'm also going to give additional information on certain species, characters, events that reoccur, those sorts of things. So you get a good idea of what's happening in the comics. And along the way, you get additional content for a wider understanding of the Star Wars canon. So this episode is focusing on Volume 2 of The High Republic Adventures. They're released in 2022 and they're part of Phase 2 of The High Republic. That is going to be issues five, six, seven, and eight. And if you haven't already read volume one, which is issues one to four, then make sure you go back and listen to my episode on volume one, which is episode 132. So with that in mind, let's delve in. So the personnel for these issues, you've got Daniel Jose Older who wrote all of them. You've got Michael Ateye, who was the color artist for all of them. And then you've got Harvey Tolibau who's the artist on issues five and six. And then you've got Tony Brunner, who's the artist on issues seven and eight. Issue 5 was released May 31st, 2023, Issue 8 was released June 28th, 2023, and the trade paperback collection of Volume 2 is due for release December 5th, 2023. So before delving into the plot, just timeline-wise, the High Republic Phase 1 was set around 200 years before The Phantom Menace, and then Phase 2 is set around 150 years before that. So this takes place at approximately 382 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is in A New Hope. Because phase two is basically a prequel. And then phase three that's coming out later in the year. That's going to be set just after phase one. So in case you haven't read all of the High Republic content. I have tackled every single piece of phase one content. From the short stories to the comics to the books. And then for phase two I've done every piece of phase two content. Apart from the short stories which I'll be doing later on in the year. The Edge of Balance Precedent manga. And then the Path of Vengeance book review. I will be doing those in the coming weeks apart from the short stories. Because they're not going to be released in a full collection for a couple of months. But you can check out the YouTube playlist of The High Republic, which has every single episode, and I've tried to put them in chronological order as well, so that makes things a bit easier. Or if you're listening on the feed of Star Wars Comets in Canon, I have put THR in front of every episode which is to do with The High Republic. THRP1 is obviously phase one. THRP2, phase two. And if you're listening to this in the future, there will be THRP3 as well. But with that all in mind, friends, let's delve right in. So we're kicking off with issue number five, which is the first of the four in this volume. This is going to finish off all of the High Republic Adventures Dark Horse comics in phase two. And there is no crawl, so let's delve straight in. So as a slight recap, Sav Maligan is undercover with the Dank Grax, trying to find out where Maz Kanata is. And they've just found themselves on Jeddah during the Battle of Jeddah. So the Battle of Jedha is one of the main points of the second phase of the High Republic. There's an audio drama written by George Mann that I've tackled on this very podcast. Then there's also the High Republic comics in the Marvel run written by Kevin Scott. That goes into a little bit more detail of the Battle of Jedha. And then also the other books as well do touch on the Battle of Jedha too. So it's quite a central point of phase two. Now, the Dank Grax are essentially this Force-sensitive cult. They're kind of like Force-sensitive rejects in a way. Some of them got kicked out of various Force-sensitive organizations, or they left them for whatever reasons. They're all kind of Force-sensitive, like they can use the Force and things, but they're not as powerful as a standard Jedi would be, and the leader of them is a gentleman named Arkic. Now, Arkic is actually a Geonosian, and you'd know them from Attack of the Clones, especially towards the end. And you've basically got these two sides. You've got the pirate gang, in essence, or the pirate crew that I'll be calling them, which is Maz Kanata's friends and whatnot. And you've got those group trying to find Maz Kanata and also Dexter Jetster's there, who's also in Attack of the Clones, while you've got the Dank Grax, who are kind of sowing chaos around the galaxy while trying to hide Maz Kanata, who they have kidnapped. Seth Maligan is a Kyozo, and she is also a Jedi Padawan, but she's not overly fast on what the Jedi Order are doing. She doesn't like all the rules and restrictions, and she doesn't really get on with her master, Cactorf. So that's kind of the basis, if you weren't already aware, if you hadn't listened to my prior episode or read the comics. I assume you would have done, because a few people listened to Volume 2 before delving in, so, with that reminder, let's delve in. So, issue 5 starts off with a flashback. Now, she's always been based on Takodana in the Jedi Temple that is there, and Sav She she's building her lightsaber. She's doing it quite quickly, and she's doing it quite easily. And her master, Kaktorf, actually scolds her, saying it cannot be rushed, and that the saber may never be lost. And then Sav says, well, shouldn't the Jedi, you know, not have attachments? And the master is not happy with that response. And then we go back to present day in the story, in Jedi City. And just to clarify with Sav, her full name is Savina Bessatrix Malagan. And as I said, she is a Kyozo. She's approximately 15 years old around the time of these comics. So she is born in approximately 397 years before the Battle of Yavin. And she does appear in Phase 1 of the High Republic. And at that point, obviously, she's like 160 odd years old. So presently in Jeddah City. Sav is with the Zabrak called Sayakim, and they're getting along quite well. There's lots of fighting in the streets, but obviously they can both use the Force and they're managing to evade lots of attackers and things, because in the Battle of Jeddah there's like riots going on and everyone's just kind of fighting everyone. So they're all kind of going around there, but Sav is trying to find out what's happened to Mars. And I do apologise, I keep saying Maz and Mars, but Mars Kanata, she's in The Force Awakens and the sequel trilogy, she's the short orange person on Takodana that meets Chewie, Rey, etc. I love Mars. And also at this point, Sav is using a pseudonym called Basrip Rath. So the cracks, including Sayakim, are referring to her as Basrip. And they also think that she is actually a boy. Well, Sia doesn't think she's a boy, but Archic does. So while this is all going on, you've got Dexter Jetster and the pirate crew. They're all in the thick of the Jedi battle. So they're all kind of fighting off the rioters, while also trying to find out where on earth Sav has gone, where Mars might be. And then Alec asks Dex about him and Mars Kanata. Dex goes into his sort of relationship with her, but if you want to find that out, pick up the comic, which I always recommend. But it's quite interesting. I really like that the dialogue that Daniel Jose Older puts in all of his works are really, really good. And there's a lot of like interpersonal relationships, especially in the High Republic Adventures comics, both from Phase 1 and Phase 2, which I think are really, really refreshing. And in honesty, there are points in both phases where I've actually got fairly emotional reading them. So uh, I really, really enjoy that element. So from Alec asking Dex about his relationship with Mars, he then talks about Inspector Raff. Now, I think I mentioned in Volume One, but Alec and Inspector Raff have kind of this long-lost lovers kind of feel to them. But they're on the opposite sides. You know, Inspector Raff is basically a pirate hunter, while Alec is a pirate in essence. You know, Maz Kanata and all her gang are pirates. Now, I'm not going to delve into every character in the crew of Maz Kanata's because I think I spoke about all of them bar one in Volume One. So go check that out. I don't really want to be repeating myself, but there is a new one, and I'll get to him shortly. So after all the fighting on Jeddah has somewhat calmed down, at least in the area that the crew are in, a gentleman named Therm Scissor Punch is starting to doubt himself, says that all the tall tales about himself are made up, especially because he's got a name that is so cool, he really could never live up to that. Then one of the crew members says to him, Look, Mars chose you for a reason, and then gives him like a motivational speech, and that really gets him pumped up for a fight. So a little bit of information about Therm. So Therm's full name is Thermuculus Christint Vault Scissor Punch but most people just call him Firm Scissor Punch. So he's a male Nephram. Now, Nephrams are like crustacean creatures, but they are sentient and they walk upright in things. They basically look like lobsters, but, say, four foot tall. So they've got big claws for hands and, like, lobstery faces. And they were first in the game Star Wars Commander, but they were primarily in Solo A Star Wars Story as well as Jedi Survivor. They've appeared in primarily the background or a few bits and pieces here in comics and stuff, but that's probably where you would recognise them mostly. So back to Sav and Sayr. So they are confronted by the path of the open hand. Sayer calls them hypocrites because they actually asked the Dank Cracks to come and help cause chaos on Jeddah. So they use the force and push them down and then all run in the other direction. Now, midway through this comic, there is a double-page spread which is amazing. It gives you quite a lot of information about the Battle of Jeddah. Visually, it really, really helps, especially if you haven't read any of the other content that has some visual elements to it, like the other comics and etc. So, I'm just going to read out some of the text from this part just to give you a general idea in case you aren't already familiar on the Battle of Jeddah. So, the Battle of Jeddah. A peace summit to end the forever war between Aram and Arano deteriorates into an open battle as saboteurs set off explosions and rally rioters around Jeddah City. There's the Ironi forces from Erano, there's 300 infantry soldiers armed with TX-9 blaster rifles and body armour, as well as 75 platform gunwalkers. The Arami forces, so from Aram, have 400 infantry soldiers armed with G7 blaster rifles and body armour, with 50 platform gunwalkers. You've then got the Jedi Knights there doing their best to salvage the Shattered Peace Deal. There's Creighton Sun, Ada Forte, and Celandra Show there. You've got the Path of the Open Hand members, who are the extremist force cult that incite riots to prevent the signing of the treaty led by the mother, Alessia Zevron. Then you've got the two fleets, so the Erano fleet, or the Eroni fleet. You've got malfunctioning starship clunkers alongside newly acquired Corellian devil fighters piloted by some of the Outer Rim's best. Whereas the Arami fleet, so from ARAM, they're outfitted for underwater use more so than spaceflight, so the ships resemble creatures from the Arame Seas. And then you've got the Second Spire and the Temple of Khyber. Saboteurs set off explosive devices at the key locations at the Second Spire and the Temple of Khyber, which further incited these riots and the feeling of panic. So that's basically the information there. I added in a few bits and pieces just to make things make a bit more sense, because obviously you don't have the visual element to accompany you, but really, really good. I love it when you've got these kind of interlude pages, really, to give you a lot more context on what's going on. So back to the story. You've got Inspector Raff, who's also on Jedha and he's trying to work out what on earth is going on. He's got his hound with him who's called Tantique who runs off so Raff follows. So the hound itself, so the hound is actually a Corellian hound and you'd have first see them in Solo A Star Wars Story and in real life they're actually played by four dogs which is quite fun but the Corellian hounds in universe they have regenerating teeth, they are furless and they are less than one meter in length slash height. Now, they do look quite fearsome, especially in Solo A Star Wars Story, but this one in particular, Tantique, is actually really, really kind and loves giving people face kisses. So back to the pirate crew, Alak mentions that the Enlightenment bar is nearby, but then some rioters approach and interrupt that plan therm scissor punch then steps forward and goes into a therm state and it is very very funny but also reading the pages is mental the word therm is written so many times over these pages it's kind of like a therm 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 therm, therm just everywhere and when you read it it's quite bizarre but it is also quite funny but I won't do it justice here, but you should really check out those pages. But yeah, he goes into this crazy Thursday and then just takes on, like, loads of rioters. I'm talking, like, 10, 20, 30, maybe even 40 people in this crazy flurry. And the artwork is amazing. Obviously, seeing the strange lobster person take on loads of rioters is quite a bizarre thing I never thought I'd see in Star Wars, or any comic for that matter. But it is great fun. So back to the Inspector Raph, his hound manages to find Sav and gives Sav lots of face licks. But Sav obviously realizes that if Inspector Rath recognizes her, then her entire cover is going to be blown with Sayakim. So she decides to create a distraction. She drops some debris on them from like this collapsing wall nearby. She uses the force to, you know, stop anyone actually getting hurt. But in the crumbling of that, she gives her lightsaber to Tantique and says to return to Rath before Sayakim sees. Then Sayakim does get up, doesn't see Tantique or Sav give the lightsaber away. And Sayakim is incredibly thankful to Sav for saving her life. Sav just kind of shrugs it off and things and then they continue on. Meanwhile, Raph gets the lightsaber, then sees Sav and Saya like, running off, and he's confused, but he realizes that Sav wouldn't give him her lightsaber for no reason. He knows it must mean something, and he just kind of ponders on it for a while, because he knows how important a Jedi's weapon is to the Jedi, so he's trying to work that out. And that, my friends, is where issue 5 ends, so move on to the second issue off this batch, issue number 6. So Sev asks Saya to explain what they're really doing on Jeddah. They've been running around aimlessly for a long time, and Saya just won't say. So Sev says, fine, I'll leave, and Saya runs after her. Back to the pirate crew, the crew are impressed by Thurm as they just stare out at this complete batch of rioters that have been knocked out. And the path of the open hand are nearby and actually see it going on, and they're really impressed with Thurm as well, especially because he took out what they perceive as some people who are, you know, bad and whatnot. So a child walks up to him and gives him a little flower and he looks at the flower, snips it with his giant claw things and then the child cries. And in response, this big creature emerges and wants to smash them all for insulting them. So, that child is actually Elder Tromac. Now, it's not an elder at this point, it is just a child. It's a grand species. They're like the goat headed people that have got like three eye stalks on their face. You'd have seen them in the prequels quite a lot. And Elder Tromac is in the Phase 1 comics in the High Republic Adventures, and he actually gets stranded on a planet with Yoda when trying to find, I think it's either the Rod of Daybreak or the Rod of Seasons. But obviously, this is a century and a half before that, so Tromac is a lot younger. Now the creature itself is someone called Barbatage, so they're a huge, four-armed, almost like a gorilla lion kind of thing. They are in Cataclysm, but they're also in Race to Crash Point Tower, which is a Phase 1 novel also written by Daniel Jose Older. so clearly this creature survives into Phase 1. So barbatage is sentient and can speak, it's just this big, massive being that I don't think we've seen that species before. So back to Sav at the ship. She says, well, Sayer, you can't be honest with me, so I'm just going to go. And then Saya cracks and says, fine, well, Maz is on that ARAMI ship up there, that military cruiser. While this is happening, the pirate crew start to fight Barbatash. So Sav and Saya then fly up using these kind of drill ship things that they found. They fly all the way up to where this cruiser is. And Sav says along the way that Sav doesn't believe that Saya is telling the truth, but she doesn't really have any other options. So go back to Inspector Raff, who is still pondering why Sav trusted him with the lightsaber. Then a Trandoshan approaches, and is about to kill Raf, but then Quiet Shan whispers in the Trandoshan's ear, he goes all strange and his eyes widen, and then he just collapses. Raf is looking around in just complete confusion, and then she whispers in Raf's ear, you make him smile on the inside, and walks away. And to my knowledge, that's the only piece of dialogue Quiet Shan ever says. So now onto an ARAM ship. There is an ambassador there, who was actually in the Battle of Jeddah audiobook. The ambassador himself is called Lian Serox, and had an interaction with Creighton's son. And they just sat there noting that their fleet has seemingly been decimated, but at least so have some Erono ships as well. So the two warring factions, both of their ships have been destroyed by this mysterious ship that's flying towards them. And then this ship in question crashes into this cruiser and it shows it is Sav in the drill ship thing I mentioned. So then back on the surface of Jeddah, Quiet Shan arrives back with her crew and they manage to beat Barbataj, who then ran off. Thurm is off fighting his own battle surrounded by rioters, but is getting a little bit overwhelmed and then gets saved by a Jedi, Salandra Show, and he sees the Jedi and then runs away. Now Salandra Show, she's obviously in Battle of Jedha, but she is primarily in the book Quest for the Hidden City, which is the first junior novel in Phase 2 of the High Republic and is quite cool, mainly Rupa Natani and her master, Salandra Show, are really interesting characters, especially because Salandra actually has a shield as well as a lightsaber. Then we go back to the ARAM ship, where Saya is confused why Sav is going through all this trouble just to save Mars, and then Saya asks Sav, look, we could escape together. We wouldn't need to be part of the pirate gangs or the dank gracks or anything like that. We could just be together. And then Sav says, look, I'm really sorry, but we can't. I, I can't do that. And Saya is very clearly upset by this, leaves, and then notes that she was actually tasked with giving Sav the runaround just to give Arkik some time to get back to Tatakodana. And then this comic ends by seeing Arkic and a bunch of his Enforcer droids are in the Takodana castle with Mars in binders. So with that, we move on to the penultimate issue, issue number seven. So Sav is on this Arami ship and some guards start to surround her. She looks around and goes, nope, and then just jumps out and starts to fall down this great height because obviously these ships are very high up in the air. Then she lands on a ship, looks up, and it's the pirate crew. They actually followed her trail of destruction, and so she gets on board. Shortly after that, they get a comm from Archic, who notes that he's on Takodana, he has Mars Kanate, he recommends against any of them trying to save her, but he knows they probably will, so he kind of boasts that he got some new supplies from the Graffs, and he also notes that he knew that Sav's allegiance to him was just a ruse, and he just used her, A, as a distraction, but also B, to see if she knew anything. So I mentioned the graphs there. So the graphs are a hyperspace prospecting family. They're the rivals to the Santeca clan. So Santecas, they're mentioned obviously in the High Republic era a little bit, but Lore Santeca was in The Force Awakens. He's the old gentleman at the start on Jakku, who gets killed by Kylo Ren after giving the map to Poe Dameron. So the Santecas, famous hyperspace prospecting family, graphs are their kind of rivals. The graphs have been a little bit in canon before the High Republic. There's the Star Wars Adventures comics, Adventures in Wild Space. And the main character on that is Lena Graf, and she's one of the descendants of this Graf family. And also she does appear as one of the main characters in the Tales from Vader's Castle. There's the three of those, and she's in those as well. So I tackled them a little while ago on this podcast, but yeah, she's part of the Graphs. So the Graphs, especially Tilson Graf, is the reason why these Enforcer droids are in the hands of Archic so Tilson Graf in the Battle of Jeddah, he was basically there as a kind of person on the side, and then the Path, as well as a dark side force group and some others, kind of orchestrated the chaos on Jeddah, and that ended up killing one of the ambassadors, which meant Tilson Graf could become the ambassador sort of stand-in, and then also he was selling enforcer droids to Erano and to Aram, so they would be fighting on the street, so he could make a profit. He also sold some of those to the Path of the Open Hand, which all comes to fruition in the Cataclysm book, and then also he sold some of them to Archic and the Dank Grax. So Tilson Graf is basically selling these fighter soldier droids to everyone just to make a profit. So after Arkick's comm, Sav decides to reach out to the Jedi Order to ask for help. She comms her master, Torf, and he completely refuses, saying that they need to be neutral, they don't need to get involved in petty squabbles of pirates, and tells her to stop all this silliness and return back to the temple. And in response to that, she turns off the comm and then throws it down. So the pirate guru then get prepped. And while that's all happening, Dexter Jetster pulls Sav to one side and tells her that this isn't her fault, and he notes that when one is incredibly powerful, it can feel like they have to take on the entire galaxy, but it's too big for her to do alone, and then he gives her a hug, which surprises her, but clearly she appreciates. So the pirate crew then get to Takodana, they're flying near the castle, and then get shot down by missiles. The crew are okay, but the ship is obviously damaged, and then enforcer droids start to surround the ship and attack. As Sav's lightsaber is still with Raf, she can't really defend herself as she normally would, so they all try and kind of escape. But then some fellow pirates come to their help, and they take the crew to the hideout of Bimblehead Bim. So Bimblehead Bim is a Blurina. So Blurinas are short, pink-skinned, snouted beings. Now you'd first see one of those in The Force Awakens, actually in the castle on Takodana. There's a couple on Jakku as well, and the one in The Force Awakens in Maz's castle on Takodana is called Wallivan, and it's played by Warwick Davis, because Warwick Davis, all of his live-action characters in Star Wars as of recording this, all their names start with a W as a kind of in-joke, because the character Wicket is actually full name is Wicket W. Warwick, and that's kind of where this all started. So back to the story, in Bimblehead Bim's hideout, Sav gets shown around along with a pirate crew, and then she wants to attack, but Bim notes that without the Jedi, they're just completely outnumbered, and it wouldn't be wise to do so. So then at night time, when everyone is sleeping, Sav decides to sneak into the castle alone, as she notes that more droids are going to be scouting the forest for the pirate crew, so there should be less in the castle. So she sneaks around the castle, looking in all the dark rooms towards the bottom of the castle, because she says that's probably where Mars would be, and then she hears a lightsaber ignite, turns around and sees that it is hers. Arkik has got her lightsaber to Maz Kanata's throat. Sav has got her blasters but then just drops them immediately and Arkic notes that Saya was probably swallowed up in the battle of Jeddah. and then ah oh, well it kept you busy long enough clearly showing that it doesn't really value Saya as an individual at all and then Sav is arrested by the Enforcer droids and Mars is there looking quite glum. So that's the end of issue number seven so we move on to the final issue of this batch issue number eight. So issue eight starts with Sav being locked in a room she's obviously quite sad feels like she's failed but then she notes Inspector is in there too and Tantik the Hound runs over and gives Sav a big lick on the face. Raf then gives Tantik a command and Tantik then regurgitates Sav's lightsaber. Raf confirms that he tried to cross Arkic, then failed and got locked up. But he let Arkik take one of the lightsabers so that he wouldn't look for the other lightsaber because obviously Sav has got the two lightsabers that kind of click together and Sav gave the connected together lightsabers to Tantik, who obviously gave it to Raf. So it's a very clever plan. Then, with her lightsaber in hand, Sav cuts through a door. Raf then says that he felt bad for threatening Sav and Dex after they saved him. That was all the way back, I think, in issue one of these comics. And then he notes that Sav obviously gave him her lightsaber, which was a further showing of trust. And then Quiet Shan saved his life. So Raf then vowed that he needs to earn the trust of the people that he was given so that he could be worthy of Alex's love. Which I think is just such a sweet sentiment. So Raf said that he's left his job to become a pirate. While they're having this conversation, Sav and Raf are, you know, slowly trying to find a way out. And then Sav gives her communication device to Raf and says, look, go get to the pirate crew and try and distract as many Enforcer droids as possible away from the castle because she has a plan. A small amount of time passes and then there is an explosion that is heard. And it shows that Arkic tells all of his droids to go outside and find out what on earth is going on. He does ask one of the droids as they're leaving where Durn and Lavalox is, and the droid confirms that Durn went to find Saya, so Dern is the Mune, and Saya's obviously on the planet of Jeddah. While Lavalox is the Kosian, who is a little bit unhinged, but with Lavalox being gone, that doesn't actually seem to be that out of character for Lavalox, because as I said, they're quite unhinged and kind of do what they want. Sav then appears with a lightsaber, so Arkic draws the lightsaber, obviously being her lightsaber, and they start to duel. While that's going on, we see that Raph got to the pirate crew, And they are managing to draw some droids away, but then they see something in the distance, decide to change their plan, and then go on a full frontal assault onto the castle. So back to Arkic and Sav's duel. There's some really, really cool artwork there, a really good couple of pages of dueling. And Sav notes that Arkic is rage and chaos, kind of like a burning fire. So she needs to be calm, collective, and more like water. So she decides she needs to get him off balance. So when he takes a big swing at her, she manages to take a step back and then uses the force to pull the lightsaber from his grasp. She has clearly bested him, and then the doors open wide, and there are some Jedi standing there, including Kaktorf, Sav's master. Sav is like, I thought you weren't coming, and he says, yet yeah, well, I was overruled by a more senior Jedi. And who is the senior Jedi? Tira Sinube. So it shows that Tira Sinube, who is also a Kosian, put Lavalox into an asylum and posed as Lavalox throughout seemingly all of these comics. So as a reminder, I think I mentioned Tira Sinube in the first volume of comics before I knew this kind of twist was coming up, but Tirasunube is in the Clone Wars. I primarily remember the character from the Lightsaber Lost episode where Ahsoka Tano loses her lightsaber. And then unfortunately, you do see the corpse of Tirasunube in the Kenobi series in this kind of encrusted amber sort of thing in the Fortress of the Inquisitors. And Tirasunube is a very wise, gentle master and is obviously a cozy species and seems to be at least 370 years old at the time of death, obviously due to the age of being alive at this time in the High Republic, whilst being considered a senior member of the Jedi, and then living through the Clone Wars, makes it seem like Tirasunube is probably to between four and 500 years old. So back to the story, Kaktorff confirms that they requested a temporary leave of absence, because their judgment has been clouded of late, especially not wanting to come and help Maz Kanatra and etc, especially not helping Sav. So because of this leave of absence, Kaktorf says that they're no longer able to train a Padawan, so Tira says, if you'd like Sav, I could be your new master. And Sav is incredibly excited by this, because in the first volume of these comics, Sav specifically mentions that she would have loved to have been trained by someone like Tira who she gets on with really, really well. So Sav is obviously absolutely overjoyed by this scenario, because Kaktorf is quite a buzzkill. So Mars Kanata then thanks Sav as well as Tira Sunube and then asks them for a little bit of help. And before she can confirm what the help will be, Sav and Tira immediately both agree, yes, they will help out at Takodana. And the final panels of this comic shows that Sav is then in the castle of Takodana and introduces herself to all of the crew as both a Padawan and a pirate. And that, my friends, is where The High Republic Adventures Volume 2 for Phase 2 ends. So there's a huge amount there that I did not really delve into. There's a ton of dialogue. There's lots of little interpersonal stories of the pirate crew as well. There's like a character I didn't even really mention who doesn't seem to be that relevant. So there's loads of information there. I just didn't want to make this podcast ridiculously long, getting into all the specific details of these characters that I had delved into somewhat prior and where their conversations don't explicitly add to the wider story. Obviously, as I say to anyone who listens to these podcasts, Please go out and support the creators. Please buy these comics where you can. I intentionally give you some of the plot details so you have a good understanding of what's going on in the canon and let you know, you know, some additional information on species and and characters, etc. But I would like anyone where they can to pick up these comics, especially High Republic stuff, because you know how much I love High Republic stuff. But it means that after listening to this podcast, if you read these comics, you'll still get a lot out of them, especially the dialogue choices by Daniel Jose Older. They are amazing. And obviously, Sav is in the Phase 1 of the High Republic, and this isn't a spoiler, but they don't die at the end of Phase 1 of the High Republic. So I am certain that because they are such a prominent figure in Phase 2, they are going to have a big thing in Phase 3, which I'm very excited to see, because especially with these comics, I absolutely adore Sav Maligan. But what have we got going on, and what else is coming up? Well, don't forget I'm doing the weekly discussion shows on the Ahsoka series, so the video versions of those are on my YouTube channel of youtube.com slash chat. or if you want the podcast audio-only versions, you can find them on the podcast feed of Comics in Motion. I try and release them within a couple of days of the Ahsoka episode airing. Obviously, in the UK, it airs on Wednesdays, so it means that I don't usually release the episodes until Thursday, maybe Friday. But I've got a different guest each episode from a wide variety of Star Wars fandom. So every conversation is something different, different perspectives and things, and the Ahsoka series is just getting better and better. So please check out those episodes. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you go over there, please make sure you like and make comments and things. and Let me know what you thought. It'd be amazing to hear from you. And jumping from that point, you can follow me on the social media places at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on TikTok. You can support me at Coffee or at Patreon, the links to those are in the description, you can give a one-off donation or you can pay monthly, either or you'll still get bonus content, I release loads of bonus episodes, there's currently 180 episodes of Afterthoughts, some of those include Star Wars Legends book reviews, some of those are just TV movie reviews or live performances, Trips, myself and my fiance Megan go on, loads of different things, so if you want to support the show, obviously you can share on social media, tell your friends about it, you can also leave reviews or ratings on Spotify, on Audible, on Apple Podcasts, if you leave any reviews or even a rating on Spotify, screenshot it send it to me on social media or email it to me and i will send you a free episode of afterthoughts of your choosing to say thank you but obviously if you want to support the show even more please consider contributing financially in addition to that is my podcast genuine Chit chat of course where i've had styles conversations with george mann and kevin scott and claudia gray all who are members of the high republic i've also spoken to kevin shinnick and i've got some things in the background as well that's moving forward so i don't want to talk about those yet but keep your eyes open But for Star Wars Comics and Canon in particular, there's two more pieces of High Republic content that I'm going to be releasing soon. So there's the Edge of President manga, which is quite exciting to delve into, so I may end up tackling that next. And then I've got the Path of Vengeance book review slash plot summary as well. And then obviously when the short stories come out, the Tales of Enlightenment by George Mann, when they come out later in the year, I'll delve into those too. But once I finish the High Republic stuff, then I'll be a bit more free. I'll do some of the more crossovery things. I've got, you know, the catch up of the Star Wars Doctor Aphra, Darth Vader, and Bounty Hunters comics that the issues set after the Hidden Empire crossover events and before the Dark Droid crossover event that has just kickstarted. I've got the Star mini Miniseries. I've got part two of the Yoda Miniseries. I've got the Hyperspace Stories by Dark Horse Miniseries. I've got the IDW Publishing Clone Wars Battle Tales as well. There's loads of other bits and pieces, and I have some thoughts on some other stuff I might be doing. I'm also right at the end of the Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade audiobook that is fantastic. It's written by Delilah S. Dawson, and it is such a good audiobook. I'm tempted to do a little episode on that, but I haven't fully decided on that yet. But keep your eyes open. I often do release things on my Patreon that are like Star Wars book reviews and stuff that aren't specifically High Republic ones, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Obviously, people may have seen, I think, on this feed last week or the week before, I released the Thrawn book review of Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances. The Thrawn Treason book review is on my Patreon, as well as my Heir to the Empire book review as well, and I will be releasing my review of Dark Force Rising and His Last Command as well, and I've got more planned in the future. But I think that just about does it for me, my friends. Make sure you check out all the details in the description. There's information on prior episodes, on Genuine Chit Chat, on how you can support the show, all kinds of amazing things. And also you can subscribe to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter. That's pccnewsletter.com. And there you get a weekly update on what I'm up to, as well as loads of other incredible creators. Each of us get like a couple hundred words, so it's not really wordy. You get to just flick through and see what everyone is up to. Obviously, I'm a member of the Comics Emotion family, so you may be listening to that on the podcast feed there, or you may be listening on the feed of Star Wars Comics and Canon on its own thing, or you may be on YouTube. However you're listening, however you're supporting, I really, really appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, please like, and if you're listening and you've got social media, please consider sharing this, telling your friends about it, and as I said previously, leave reviews and ratings, send me screenshots, and you'll get some bonus content as well. But that's going to be enough for me, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'll speak to you next week, likely with Edge of Balance Precedent, the manga written by Daniel Jose Older, and as always, friends, May the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.